It's shocking that today's gospel passage follows immediately after last week's reading. As if you remember, last week, St. Peter learned from our Heavenly Father that Jesus was, in fact, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And because Peter proclaimed that fact aloud, Jesus praised him and chose him then as his rock, as the foundation of his church. This week, we continue reading right where we left off. And here, Jesus did not exactly praise St. Peter. Even St. Peter, at least before he became saint in heaven, was not perfect. So what's going on here? Well, there were three times in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus predicted very clearly that he was going to be crucified, that he would die, and that he would raise from the dead. I didn't understand what that meant at first. But today's passage began with the first of those three predictions. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the coming crucifixion. And that preparation, it's kicking into a higher gear with these verses. As Jesus explained that he must go to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is where he's going to be crucified. He must go there to be crucified. And this was shocking news to his disciples. St. Peter objected, saying, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. We can understand why St. Peter would say this. He didn't want Jesus to die, to be crucified for sure. And he didn't really understand perhaps at the time what it meant to rise from the dead. But, this is where it gets surprising. Jesus replied with these words to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. These are harsh words, and spoken just moments after Jesus had been praising St. Peter, God's chosen leader of the apostles, the rock, the foundation of the church, had quickly become a stumbling block, an obstacle, in the course of just a few moments. Jesus explained that Peter was no longer, in that moment at least, speaking as inspired by the Heavenly Father, but rather as inspired by Satan. And one thing we know about Satan is that he's a liar. And the lie of Satan that St. Peter repeats here is that the true faith and true love doesn't involve the cross. God forbid that that terrible thing would happen, right? Right? Well, maybe it will. Maybe God's allowing it for a greater purpose, and so on. The evil one whispers lies into our ears, too, about what Jesus is like and about how we, sh- how we should act. And I think this means we often have dangerous preconceptions about Jesus and what he's like and how he acts. For example... We often think of Jesus as just a friendly guy who's going to take away all our worries and make everything easier. And that's a lie. The real Jesus, he makes us, in this world at least, a little uncomfortable. And to avoid feeling uncomfortable, to avoid feeling challenged by his message, we often settle for our own versions of Jesus false versions, 
who suggest to us ideas like, for example, that it's sufficient to confess our sins directly to God and that the difficult uh, practice of sacrament of confession, of vocal confession to a priest, we don't need that. I talked about that last weekend, about what an awesome gift Jesus has given us in his priests and in the sacrament of reconciliation. Or a false Jesus might whisper to our ears saying, "Ah, it's hard to make it to Sunday Mass with so much other stuff going on. Jesus understands that we have higher priorities than him. I mean, that's literally the first commandment, right? Or the lie that it's too hard to stand up for real marriage or to defend the life of the unborn and the aged in this culture. So we fall for the notion that life marriage and family, we can define them on our own terms, however we like. Or the lie that I don't need to follow all these rules of the church. I believe in God. I'm a spiritual person. All I need to do is have faith that Jesus is God and he'll do the rest. We've got to be careful. Satan would love us to believe our own distorted versions of Jesus that are easier. We need to ask ourselves, Do we follow the true Jesus, the Jesus revealed in sacred scripture, the one who spoke those challenging words to St. Peter, to the disciples, to you and I? Every single sin is a rejection of God, and we are not the judge of what constitutes a sin. We don't get to decide that. That's the very sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, the original sin. This pride of thinking that we decide what's morally acceptable and not. Jesus Christ is the one that decides, decides, and at the end of today's gospel passage, he warned us that he will come and repay us all according to our conduct, not according to our rationalizations, our feelings, or our personal ideas about who he is and what he believes The truth of Christ really is challenging. And Jesus tells us that to follow him, we've got to deny ourselves. We've got to take up, not just put up with, but take up our crosses. That's hard to hear. He tells us that if we want to ultimately save our lives for eternity, we must lose them on earth by spending them in love of God and neighbor. As we follow Jesus, we're promised we're going to find pain and ridicule. I'm reading from Jeremiah, wow. And suffering. As Bishop Barron once put it, in a world gone wrong, the divine love will typically meet with resistance. Our cultures, our neighbors, our own aching bodies, our whole fallen world will protest as we ourselves strive to follow Jesus. This is why we have... For example, since May of 2020, at least 350 attacks on Catholic churches here in the United States. It's in just three years, 350 attacks, including the historic St. Joseph Catholic Church in Salem, Oregon, which was burned, was ruled arson, just on Thursday. This happens a lot. People do not like the challenging message of Jesus 
that our church buildings, that we, that our faith, stands for. And our temptation, then, in the face of all the complex and difficult circumstances of life, is to say, God forbid this, that we, Christians, would suffer in some way. Times like that, unfortunately, I think we're listening to Satan's lie that life is going to be easy. We should not be surprised when we encounter the cross. But what's the upside to following the, Jesus, then, if it's all so hard? Well, if we obey Christ, we will discover a deeper peace, a deeper joy, and a hope for eternity that is otherwise impossible, something the world cannot give, and something which will endure even as we carry the cross. And the lesson here is that true love, the the love of God we receive, and which we are called to share with the world, it's a self-sacrificing love. And this love is experienced in a million ways, small and large. For example, a parent working hard to provide for their children. That's tough. It's burdensome. A lot of the culture today wants to say, oh, don't have kids, they're so expensive. How offensive is that? How selfish is that? There's real joy, even in the midst of hardship of parenthood. Or even a parent foregoing or setting aside their own pursuits, spending time learning about the practice of their faith, and then seeing that faith take hold in their children. What a rewarding and beautiful experience. Or a caretaker of the handicapped who at the end of the day is exhausted after having spent the day in service of another. Wow, that's hard work. But also deeply rewarding work. Or an elderly individual suffering with a painful illness, offering their suffering in union with Christ on the cross for the souls in purgatory or for their family members who need prayers. Even someone who is stuck in a bed at the nursing home, suffering in pain, can offer up and participate in the saving work of Christ. It's a beautiful vocation, though very hard. It's rewarding, though very hard. Or a Catholic who, while trying to charitably share the truth of marriage, of of human sexuality, of the dignity of the unborn, sharing this with someone they face backlash, ridicule, and hatred And every now and then, someone listens, and the faith is spread, and it's beautiful and rewarding, and so on. Jesus tells tells us what it means to truly love God and one another, and unfortunately, he shows us that it's not easy. It's challenging. But we must not give in to the lie of Satan that the true faith and true love exists without the cross. After all we find the perfect example of love and faith, the perfect prototype of love every time we look upon a crucifix. Amen.